live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and welcome. It's the last day of the first month of the year 2023. Yes, indeed. January 31st. We are thrilled that you are here. And for the next two hours, we'll do everything we can to inform, entertain, take your calls, and have some fun. That's what this is all about. Yes, it's Tuesday. Temperatures are dropping. It's getting a little bit cold. And um, we're off and running. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, sitting in that highly coveted producer's chair. He's spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons inside the game studio which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles on 1041, streaming around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. If you're in the Acadiana area, want to put a face to the voice, simple. See, we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on L.U.S. Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Oh, what a night it was inside Pete's Palace. Yes, Kim Mulkey's LSU Tigers remain perfect on the season with a 76-68 win over Tennessee. It gave LSU its best start in program history. But the fact that they had 15,157 on hand with tickets sold, that's pretty darn cool. Pretty darn cool. Largest crowd in any sport since the building was reconfigured in 2005. Man, back in the day I played, it was it was like that, if not a little bit more. They changed it all up. Um, it, it was great. Congratulations. Um, They put a white T-shirt. If you can go look on social media, you can see a picture from above of every seat covered in a white T-shirt, and it was beautiful. Now, you got some knuckleheads, and you know who you are. I don't care. You got the white T-shirt. It's right there. All you got to do is put it on for two hours, a little bit less than two hours. Then you can take it off. But still, people walking around and different things. They don't like to do it. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me. Kind of aggravates me a little bit. But, hey, Tigers are now 21-0 and overall, 9-0 and in SEC play. The first loss in league play for Tennessee, who's a pretty darn good team. Pretty darn good team. How about Alexis Moore stepped up with a career-high 31 Added six rebounds, three assists, and five pilfers. Yeah. Yeah. Angel Reese, another double-double. 21 games, 21 double-doubles. She only had four points, four rebounds at the half. 
uh, but kind of elevated her play, ended up with 18 points, 17 rebounds. Uh, yeah, she only scored five field goals in 14 attempts, but was eight of nine from the free throw line. Yeah, boy. So the Tigers have Georgia at home Thursday. They go on the road to Texas A&M Sunday, and then it's the collision in Columbia. LSU will take on top-ranked, undefeated South Carolina on Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m., nationally televised. Cannot wait. That was fun. That was pretty darn fun stuff. Yes, indeed. Um, former New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton and, believe it or not, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh appear to still be in the running to be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos, according to Ian Rappaport, that he said Tuesday, today, during an appearance on the Pat McAfee show. The insider for the NFL Network broke down the situation that the Broncos face, but he, does, he doesn't see an obvious direction the team will take at this point. Now, you would think, you would think that if Sean Payton had been eliminated, he would say, look, easy out for Sean Payton. He says, look, I didn't, I, I want to go back to Fox. I want to go back to broadcasting for another year and, 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 and reevaluate things after that. But he hasn't done that. He hasn't done that. Jim Harbaugh hasn't officially signed his new deal with Michigan yet. Apparently, according to Rappaport and others, um, ownership from the Broncos flew, Greg Penner, the CEO, flew to Ann Arbor recently to meet with Harbaugh. That was what the NFL Network reported on Sunday. Remember, Michigan President Santa Ono announced earlier in January that Harbaugh, Harbaugh would be coming back to the school after leading the Wolverines to the college football playoff in consecutive seasons, but According to the NFL Network, his return is up in the air at this point. Remember, he didn't tell his athletic director, who is his boss, he went above his boss and told the president of the university. Hmm. Um, Rappaport also said that there doesn't appear to be another Broncos candidate who has not been reported already. So we'll see. We'll see. It's not out of the realm of possibilities yet. We know that Russell Wilson has um, publicly called for Sean Payton, has reached out to Sean Payton, wants Sean Payton. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Very, very interesting. Um, and we will, of course, on the Black and Gold Report today with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network, discuss all of that and much, much more. Pels are back in action tonight against the, the best team in the Western Conference, and that is the Denver Nuggets. Having missed the first two games between these Western Conference foes, Brandon Ingram will finally get a chance to lead the Pelicans, who are 26 up, 25 down, against the Denver Nuggets, who are 36 and 14. Ingram averaged over 25 points per game against the NBA's MVP, Nikola Jokic last year, and will look to exploit those same matchups. Willie Green will have Ingram and C.J. McCollum available. Dyson Daniels is out. E.J. Liddell is out, of course, and Zion Williamson 
with that right hamstring strain are all listed as out. Um, Compared to a few weeks ago, this is a relatively healthy roster missing only one key contributor. You know, Williamson's absence is felt more than most. Um, So Ingram and McCollum have to up their numbers, up their standards. Uh, uh, So it'll be interesting to see how Willie Green, does he stagger their minutes so that when they do have to rest, one rests while the other plays and then vice versa. So you leave a score on the floor at all times. You don't want them both sitting at the same time. So um, Pell's eight-point underdogs traveling one of the toughest road spots on the on the map because of the altitude in Denver. Um, we'll see. Denver's shorthanded Jamal Murray with a left knee is questionable. Um, Nikola Jokic has been in and out of the rotations recently, but he's not listed on the injury report. So we'll see uh, what happens along the lines there. So tip off tonight, um, nine o'clock central time from the Pepsi arena in Denver, Colorado for Herb Jones. Uh, needs to step up his game as well. So so we'll see. Um, LSU, despite, uh, along with the, the big win yesterday in women's basketball, they've stepped up its NIL game by launching Bayou Traditions, a collective form to raise funds and provide NIL opportunities to selected LSU student-athletes. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate will join us around 2.30 uh, this is set out for you, for you to take part. You know, in the beginning, it was a bunch of, it was, it was a hand, just a few heavy hitters. They just put all this money in a pot and did from there. Now, LSU's expanding. Thanks to new legislation and all this, uh, you out there can contribute anywhere from $10 a month to $50,000 a year. And all those funds will be pooled to help fund NIL opportunities. We'll get into the, the, the brass tacks of the whole matter um, with Wilson Alexander coming up at around 2.30. Bob Rose will join us from the Saints News Network, um, and we'll talk about uh, the Saints' plight, the, the, the latest on, on Sean Payton. What does San Francisco do? Because um, their quarterback suffered a, an injury. He's going to have to miss six months whether he has surgery or not, he's going to have to miss six months. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone. What do you do with Trey Lance? Could it possibly be that Tom Brady would return to his roots and head out west where his family is and play a season in San Francisco? There's another name out there that, that, that people are talking about being traded, and that's Aaron Rodgers. You don't think the Green Bay Packers would trade Aaron Rodgers to an NFC team, do you? There is no way on God's green earth. And the compensation, what would the 49ers give? They don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick. So that's a pipe dream. That ain't happening. Tom Brady, though, free agent, won't cost him anything. He can go wherever he wants. And now Tom Brady has, and I've said this for a long time, He's got a great defense. He's got unbelievable skill position people. He may be a little bit leery after that offensive line didn't hold up very well against Philly. 
because he doesn't like to be hit. But, man, it just makes way, way, way too much sense. So we'll we'll delve into that, and we'll go over a very, very special day in the history of college basketball that happened on this day. These stories and much, much more coming your way today. So um, we'll hear from Kim Mulkey, Alexis Morris, Angel Reese, and the victorious Lady Tigers when we return after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab. And you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple. And it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Over 15,000 on hand to watch LSU women's basketball. Over 15,000. You know, you can't tell me that people don't love a winner. I mean, if you win, they will come. And they came out in droves, and LSU did not disappoint. 21-0 overall, 9-0 in league play, ranked third in the country, behind South Carolina and Stanford. Stanford with two losses, but according to the the pollsters, a bigger strength of schedule. Well, LSU just played a really good team that should be in the top 25, and they delivered. And Angel Reese certainly delivered as well with another double-double to help aid her cause in possible Player of the Year honors coming up. So we've got some sound for you, and we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts at 337-706-0111. That's 706-0111. We're talking LSU women's hoops. We'd love for you to, uh, if you have a question about that, that'd be terrific. If not, it's okay. Here's Kim Mulkey, though. Her thoughts on the win over the Lady Vols. Well, first of all, compliment the fans. Goodness gracious. I don't think I saw an empty seat. Now, I didn't look long, but when I walked out, I was like, ooh, these people are standing. Somebody get up and give that older woman a seat. Uh, It was everything that young people need to experience in college. And uh, thank you to all the people who made that happen. Uh, I thought it was a a game of um, that was good. For the SEC women's basketball, it was good for women's basketball. Period. Um, I thought there were things that um, a lot of people still have question marks about us, and we're good with that. We had those question marks. We still have them today, but that's that just feeds our hunger. 
You just played a team that's played every good team out there this year. I don't know who they have not played. They should be ranked in the top 25. That's the best offensive rebounding team we have played this year by far. By far. They were good. They were good. Alexis Morris was the star of the show with a career-high 31 points. She is brief in her explanation of things, but, hey, her points in transition, that's how she deals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got my first few transition buckets. I was like, okay, this is pretty easy. I might as well use it to my advantage, and uh, that's what I did tonight, push it in transition and put the pressure on them. Speed is everything. Quickness with the dribble is everything in basketball. Guard play is everything in basketball. Alexis Morris, nobody's going to ask her to score 31, but if she can consistently push the pace, break out, break out of pressure, uh, and knock down some mid-range shots, they'll be okay. Angel Reese, uh, again, uh, four points, four rebounds in the first half. Picked up a foul, was very uh, hesitant. Second half, she went to work, ended up with 18 points, 17 rebounds. She now has 21 double-doubles. She was eight for nine from the free throw line. Here is uh, Angel Reese talking about um, her game last night. The first half, they played me well. Um, they were really, really aggressive with me. And then when I got that first foul, it kind of I don't want to get that second because I have to, I would have to sit. So I tried to just play cool and, and keep it keep, do whatever I could. I mean, not to get that second foul and try to grow up from that. I mean, last year and I would I probably would have got that second foul and I had to sit. So I think that's growth for me. Um, being <laughs> in the second half, I tried to just come out there and do what I could. Um, be aggressive. I know my teammates needed me, so I had to do whatever I could to to get the win. Now, you got to keep winning because once you get a taste for that crowd like that, you never want to go back. I, I can remember where you could you can sit anywhere and there's nobody there watching. But this team has earned it, and they are the marketing department is terrific. It's just great. Uh, Kim Mulkey was a great guard back in her day. Man, she, she, she never lost. Great guard. So from one guard talking about another, here's Kim talking about Alexis Morris. And I thought going in at halftime, we were, what, down seven on the boards? And to finish the game, what, plus seven? Um, how many times are you going to go in at halftime and Angel Reese has four and four? And then she finished with, <laughs> imagine that, another double-double. But Alexis Morris carried our team as she should. She was our quarterback out there. She was our coach out there. Um, and she was just really smooth. And she did some things on the defensive end that we asked her to do to help a freshman in Flage guard a first-rounder, Horston. She did some things to help everybody on the defensive end. I won't go into everything she did that we worked on, but um, it, it will help Flage grow. So Alexis Morris doing it all, rebound, I mean, points, assists, steals, rebounds, leading. You, know, you got to have a point guard that can, can lead you, know when to push it, know when to pull back, know when to drive, know when to kick, know when to take your own shot, put a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility on a point guard, just like the, the quarterback of a football team. That's exactly what the point guard is.
You can't win without a quarterback. You cannot win without a good point guard. You just can't. Now, you, you got to have size. The really great teams have everything, right? They have everything. Got to have that point guard. Uh, so, again, this was a chance. If LSU had lost that game, everybody, every critic would have said, well, you see, you had not played anybody yet. So that record is all skewed. Eh, no big deal. But they didn't. They answered the call. They beat a very good Tennessee team who took the di- a, a completely different approach. Kim Mulkey, I got nine new players. I'm going to let, and I was, I was critical of it because I don't like seeing teams get beat by 50 and 60 points because you've got so much more talent. I like challenges, but she, oh, she's a hall of fame coach. She's going to do what's right for her and what she believes in. And it's worked where this team gained confidence. They got to play with one another and they have remained unscathed. And they answered the biggest challenge to date, which was Tennessee, Tennessee, on the other hand, with a lot of veteran players coming back, they scheduled everybody. I mean, of their seven losses, they're all against top 25 ranked teams. So they took that approach. They were unbeaten in SEC play until last night. So LSU's 9-0, and Tennessee's 8-1, and South Carolina is 9-0. and The next big challenge for LSU is, okay, you did it. You did it at home. Now, you take care of your business against the next two teams that you play against, which you should if you don't fall asleep at the wheel. You should. Then can you take your game, go on the road against the defending national champs, and win it? Well, if according to Kim Mulkey, um, if this team continues to battle, well, sky's the limit. They battled last night. Listen. You know, Flaugé just is a true freshman that just guarded a first-round kid. That's big. That's big for our growth. That's big for our team, how much respect we have. In fact, there's two kids out there for Tennessee that will be first-rounders. I thought putting Angel on Jackson uh, was not a concern about talent. The concern was Jackson doesn't go inside. She stays on the perimeter. So Angel was going to have to defend on the perimeter, which does what? takes her away from the basket, rebounding. And I thought we made a point to her in the, the locker room, hey, you, you, a shot goes up, you can't stay out there anymore. you got to come help us. They're long. They're taller. They're, they're taller. Their length is much bigger than we are. But I just thought we, we really battled, particularly in the second half. So there you go. Uh, quite a performance by LSU. And, again, over 15,000 people on hand. Uh, that's terrific. And all you guys out there that had the white T-shirt and wouldn't put it on, shame on you. I wanted a complete whiteout, but you won't do it. I don't know why. Just for an hour and a half, less than two hours, can't you just put the shirt on? Maybe the shirt doesn't fit you right. Okay, put it on the front of you then and just kind of throw it over your shoulders. Help out the cause. That was a terrific, terrific, terrific night. There you go. All right. We will take a time out when we come back. LSU has um, opened up uh, the vault with a new addition to their NIL game. It's called Bayou Traditions. We'll get the 411 on that with Wilson Alexander of The Advocate after this timeout. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all, period. By Ducks, Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. Valentine's Day, guys, what a gift it would be with Eon. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you will ever taste. By the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana, get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy and by Cajun Chef. Right there in St. Martinville, turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. We'll be back. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back at 34 minutes after the hour on this last day of the month of January. We will turn the calendar to February tomorrow. Uh, With that in mind, LSU has uh, launched what they're calling Bayou Traditions. It's a collective formed to raise funds and provide NIL opportunities to LSU student athletes. Wilson Alexander had a long article on it in The Advocate. Uh, I hadn't given enough time or thought to to delve into it, so I want to ask him all about Bayou Traditions, and Wilson's kind enough to to do so with us. Good afternoon, Mr. Alexander. How have you been, sir? I'm doing pretty well, Jordy. How are you? I am terrific. So take me through this. Um, LSU started this NIL deal with a bunch of uh, um, wealthy donors, right? And they they called themselves something, go something, I think it was. Um, take me from there to where we are now. Well, the the sort of whole arc of LSU's NIL efforts even go well past that. Of course, before the collective, when NIL actually started there, there was no collective. This is something that began to prop up around the country about this time last year. Um, okay. You started to really see quite a few of them. And LSU, uh, a organization called Go Enterprises, uh, filed for, as an LLC here in Baton Rouge. And they were a collective supporting LSU. And it was a small group of donors, uh, private, very private. They didn't want to get much recognition and just operated behind the scenes for about a year. Um, it's, they uh, were able to end up within about six months, uh, have a, a couple million dollars. Uh, the exact number isn't known, but a, a few million dollars, um, I was told, uh, in terms of funds. And, and we're signing some NIL deals. And is doing it all behind the scenes without any sort of public recognition. Um, but after the NCAA in October uh, clarified some rules and said that uh, schools can, you know, promote a collective uh, that is a t- sort of there to support them, 
even though it's not under the LLC umbrella, this is still a third-party company, Go Enterprises formed this public-facing part of the organization called Bayou Traditions, and it's what has partnered with LSU. They work, uh, we're going to be working pretty closely together um, and as the official collective of LSU. So anytime LSU is promoting a collective, it'll be this one. And they are encouraging fans to go and donate, and there's a lot of different options for fans to do so. And it's the next step that LSU is taking here, similar to a lot of other schools around the country. You're seeing collectives being promoted in, a very, in the same way. And now LSU has one and has an avenue for fans who might not have a business or have you know millions and millions of dollars to donate. I mean, there's six different tiers. Certainly, the most lucrative, the most uh, the highest tier is, is still very expensive. I mean, it's donating fifty thousand dollars a year, um, and that might seem unreasonable to some, um, but it's at least what they're offering. So well, yeah, it goes all the way down to a hundred dollars um, a year. Yeah, it, it's all relative, depending upon what kind of income you have. So to to some people, fifty thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket. To others, it's more than they make in a year. So I understand that. Um, so this is an opportunity for. Johnny on the street who loves LSU to say he's playing a role in helping get, you know, in helping LSU student athletes. So what, what does the guy that gives you $10 a month for $120 a year, what does he get in return for that uh, contribution? If anything, he gets uh, uh, some merchandise (laughs) um, and he gets really, to say where he would like the money to go toward he or she can, you know, say uh, when they donate which sport they would prefer that money goes to, um, whether it's women's basketball or track and field or football. Um, they're allowed to mark that preference and any other sort of things that they would like to say in a message. Um, they can do so. Uh, and that's, that's what they get. And like you said, just sort of the knowledge that they are helping LSU uh, retain and even though the purpose of NIL is not for this but to you know sort of retain and and recruit knowing that you know LSU is particular about this very sport to sport but Brian Kelly uh, did a story on this with him last year you know his philosophy is that they don't want to get into recruiting wars but they want to be able to show what LSU has when you get here hey look at all the NIL opportunities that you have once you get here and this is something else that would kind of fit into that recruiting pitch and so if it is a profitable thing that ends up being really big, then, you know, a fan who donates would have the knowledge that they're in some ways helping LSU recruiting. Sky uh, Wilson Alexander with The Advocate. Um, LSU's had troubles in the past, so they had to up their, the, the people involved with their compliance department. This seems like something along those lines. How How many people do we have involved in this, Bayou traditions for the checks and balances with LSU. How does that all work? It's a little bit um, complicated, I guess, but, you know, Bayou traditions being its own third party company, they have a president. His name's Brent Cunningham. He used to oversee the collective at TCU, a very sort of similar uh, setup and situation. Mm -hmm. And then at LSU, it has its own NIL department. That's run by Taylor Jacobs. Uh, she's the assistant athletic director who oversees NIL and strategic initiatives, um, and she runs that. And she's got a few employees who report to her. There's a LSU is part of a program through a, another third-party company called Altius, and there um, are general managers. Uh, it's a general manager program, and they have some employees uh, who work with LSU to help facilitate deals and do other NIL things. 
And then within that sort of NIL vertical at, at LSU, every team has a liaison between the NIL department and the team. At, uh, at football, it's Ira Childress. At women's basketball, they, ha- they have a very specific person that Kim Mulkey assigned for that as well. Um, and it just sort of varies who that is from team to team. And they all report to that NIL department, and they work together and all of those things on education and, and, and anything that relates to NIL. And so then that's how it works. And then so Brent Cunningham, who's the president of Hawaii Traditions, will be, you know, working in closely and contacting and is able to and is allowed to because Louisiana amended its law last summer, you know, talk and communicate with LSU. Woo. Um, I guess there is no ceiling, no limit. Uh, they will welcome as much and, and as often as possible uh, on this. I always wonder, and, and, you know, this sounds great. This is terrific. I wonder how the Tiger Athletic Foundation is feeling. I wonder how the LSU Alumni Association feels. They, they all kind of, you know, Louisiana is only so big, and LSU, they're all kind of trying to get the, out of the same pot, you know? And so somebody's going to succeed, somebody's going to fail. I wonder how all this works together to keep the whole, you can't make everybody happy, right? Some going to win, some going to lose. That's just the way it is. And it's an interesting thing that you bring up there with the Tiger Athletic Foundation and some of the other, you know, arms of LSU athletics. Uh, that's something that we're going to just have to wait and see and, and, and end up, you know, and, and evaluate how donations uh, where those end up going, because it's something that people have speculated on with NIL now for a couple of years is will donors now funnel their money toward NIL or will they continue to do that uh, money into things like TAF in order to support, you know, new facilities and all the things that TAF has done over the years? And it, it, we just kind of have to kind of wait and see. You know, LSU came out and, and said, you know, it was very uh, in its announcement, uh, I think, intentional about mentioning TAF. And Scott Woodward said uh, in his statement that just as Tiger fans' philanthropic support of TAF continues to provide student athletes, et cetera, et cetera, Bayou Traditions will, you know, sort of do the same thing. And so I think it's LSU's hope that people continue to donate to both or um, at least, but also a lot of the TAF donations are much bigger. And I think by each tradition is sort of as a public facing um, entity is meant to reach more of the, the fan who maybe wouldn't have already been donating to TAF. Um, but we'll have to kind of see exactly how that shakes out uh, over the you know coming years in terms of how, where that money is getting donated to. Wilson Alexander, the advocate. Um, speaking of TAF, what, what does, uh, what is on the drawing board next as far as facility improvements? Is it uh, the Maravich Center? What, what's, what's the next big um, undertaking that you're hearing about? There's been discussions about the PMAC now for a while. I mean, these go back yeah. long before I was even covering LSU. Um, but that, that certainly picked up, and, and it sounds like a focus. Um, you know, there doesn't sound to be anything too imminent last, at least as of before football season in terms of Tiger Stadium. Um, I think it's the PMAC would probably be the next thing. Uh, there's certainly a lot of conversations about, uh, how to upgrade that facility now that it's, you know, over 50 years old. Um, Kim Mulkey has had some ideas uh, about it and, and, you know, Will Wade had some thoughts on it before he was fired. And so there's, uh, some different, uh, ideas going out there. We don't exactly know what it'll all look like yet. Um, but I think the PMAC and, and, and sort of upgrading that as a venue um, and making it maybe a little bit more work a little bit more for both basketball teams uh, as well as the gymnastics team and anybody else who uses it uh, would be the next step. Yeah, I think they're going to uh, 
lower the seating, make more um, advantageous seats around there. But I think what both uh, coaches that you mentioned, it's the practice facility. That's where they need some mm-hmm. How they don't have their own weight room in that practice facility, how they don't have coaches' office space inside that practice facility, that's what drives these coaches crazy. That's what they're like. I mean, come on, really? Why can't we just have everything inclusive in one building? We've got the great courts, um, and it's easy access into the, the main floor of the arena. But, man, we don't have an office. We don't have a weight room. We don't have, any, we don't have a, anything like that. It's a very small training room. Um, I think that's what they're talking about, more so than the seating inside the building, which is, a, of course, what everybody else is talking about. So I think it's a push and shove kind of a deal here. Yeah, absolutely right. That's, that's a, a very good way to put it. And you look across the streets, you know, football has everything in one central location. Baseball yep. has pretty much everything in one central location. Yep. And, uh, you know, basketball is kind of the one, the other major sport that, that, ne- that doesn't necessarily have that. And so to get it all in one spot and to upgrade those things to where they have the practice and so like you said, and the weight room and all the things that they sort of need to be a modern uh you know, athletic team and, and certainly one uh, like the rest of them at LSU, uh, those upgrades probably need to be the next thing. And it's as from what I understand, what is being discussed. We'll see where all this money comes from. Cause now you've got another tentacle going out there and it's all reaching for that same big pot of gold. And uh, we'll see, we will see how it all turns out. I noticed each, I saw a Brian Kelly um, kind of a video about Bayou traditions. I'm sure all the coaches are doing this, trying to get it out there. Uh, to the public so that they can start uh, ponying up and, and feel like they feel like they're a part of this deal. You know what I mean? That's right. And that's what is so, so interesting about this now, because it is a partnership through LSU sports properties by traditions has exclusive relatively anyway, exclusive access to these coaches and these teams, you know, no, no, the collective that ever were to prop up, would have that necessarily. And so they're the ones who are going to be promoted. And you're already seeing right off the bat, you know, Scott Woodward in a video yesterday in his announcement, uh, talking about Bayou traditions, you're seeing on social media in these videos, you know, Brian Kelly, all the, all of the coaches as well, even Tyron Matthew was, uh, you know, helped out with a video trying to encourage fans to donate because um, this is part of the recruiting war these days. Uh, you know, recruits still consider quite a bit of other things. It's not just NIL that goes to their mind when they're signing with a team as much as it might seem like that. Um, but it's certainly part of that next sort of arms race, as it were, in college sports. And LSU wants to be at the forefront of it. Yeah, you got to compete with the big boys. I'm, I guess you could draw a parallel to what this Bayou Traditions is going to do by this LSU goal, that department's in-depth digital content platform that provides that behind the scenes, how, how well has that been received? That is a, a unique piece of this partnership, not something that you've necessarily seen at other places, but LSU launched LSU Gold last year. It's its in-house media wing, uh, you know, producing videos and podcasts and other things like that. And Bayou Traditions is going to be the title sponsor of that, and it just sort of further increases the co- the uh, collaboration between LSU and Bayou Traditions. Every time you see LSU Gold, it'll be sponsored by Bayou Traditions. In order, uh, and then it further pushes Bayou Traditions' name out there. And then also, like if an athlete were to go and do an interview on LSU Gold, there's you know it could open the door to 
Bayou Traditions compensating them through an IL because their deliverable, what they would have done in exchange for getting paid by Bayou Traditions, would maybe be uh, you know appearing in an interview on LSU Gold. That's a scenario that uh, you know would be allowed under NCAA rules and permissible and all those things. And so, well, you know, it, as it, in terms of how it's been received, I don't know what LSU's you know numbers are and the traffic and subscription numbers are for LSU Gold, but. Um, it's something that, you know, they've started up last football season. They've done some yeah. interesting things with it so far in terms of following around the football team in year one and, you know, podcasts and all those things. So, uh, but I don't know what their numbers are uh, on that. I think that'd be something interesting that people would want to know. We shall see. Wilson Alexander, you're the best. Thank you for being there for us. I greatly appreciate it, man. Have a great rest of your week. You too, Jordy. Thanks for having me on. Have a great afternoon. All right, buddy, you take care. Wilson Alexander, the advocate, back to wrap up our number one after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game. Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing. Have the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home. How about everywhere you go? Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. And we're back at 53 minutes after the hour on this January 31st. I mentioned the date January 31st because back on this day in 1970, Oh, what a night it was. As a sophomore, he averaged 43.8 points per game. As a junior, 44.2 points per game. And with 14 games left in his senior season at LSU, Pistol Pete Maravich needed just 40 points to break Oscar Robertson's NCAA career record of 2,973. I said just 40 to Anybody else on the planet, that would be insurmountable. But to the pistol, huh? well, he scored 25 points in that first half in the Cow Palace against Ole Miss. And then with 4.42 left in the game, pistol hit a 23-foot jumper from the right side, nothing but nylon to become the all-time leading scorer in NCAA college basketball history, the Cow Palace with over 11,000 standing room only went crazy. The game was stopped. The ball was given to Pete as he rode on the shoulders of his teammates. He would go on to score 12 more points to finish the game with 53. LSU won it 109 to 86. And he had 2,987 points for two and a half seasons. He finished his three-year All-American career with 3,667 points and a 44.2 points per game average without a shot clock, without a three-point line. 
I say never say never. I don't. I, I will say no one will ever beat Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive game streak. And I don't think there will ever be anyone to break Pistol Pete's scoring records. Simply because players don't stay that long. They just don't. Now, maybe somebody will stay four years and play in a bunch of games, but forever and a day, the pistol with the the floppy socks and the show more so than the points, the dribbling, the passing, the greatest player that these two eyes have ever, ever seen. And I've seen a bunch. No one compares to Pistol. Not his flair and his entertainment and his nobody. No body, period. So it was on this day back in 1970, Pistol Pete became the all-time leading scorer in college basketball history. Coming up in hour number two, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will talk all about the latest in the NFL and get thoughts on the week before the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles. This is the Jordy Hulpert Show. We're on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, hour number two, straight ahead. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this Tuesday, January 31st, the year 2023. A lot of NFL talk with Bob Rose coming up of the Saints News Network. We call it the Black and Gold Report. Um, But first, uh, let me recognize my producer extraordinaire, James Mesh, back uh, in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com. 1041thegame.com. And if you want to put a face to the voice, well, you can do so in the Acadiana area because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline, in case you want to pitch in and voice your opinion, is 337-706-0111. That's 706-0111. Thought I've heard it all, thought I'd seen it all, but never say never because this one, whoo, this one's for the books. Um, there's a there's a school out in Virginia, and on January 21st, a um, a player, un, kind of recognizable, played for Churchland High School's JV squad. Recognizable because. It was a 22-year-old assistant coach for the girls' basketball team who (laughs) video surfaced of her impersonating 
a 13-year-old JV basketball player on her team and played in the game on January 21st. Took the ball to the rack, hit a jumper, got a couple of rebounds. Wow. The parents of the girl being impersonated in the game was Arlisha Boykins, a 22-year-old coach for the team who took the court for Churchland High School in Portsmouth, Virginia, for a game against the Nassimond River JV team. Wow. The player that Boykins was impersonating was out of town for a club tournament. <laughs> Golly. Well, following an investigation by the school, Churchland officials conducted a meeting with parents of both the junior varsity and varsity girls basketball teams. In that meeting, it was determined that both teams wouldn't continue playing this season. And the coach, the assistant coach, obviously was fired. Um, wow. I don't know about you, but I have daughters. And, you know, I just see the difference between when they were 13 to now how my daughter is at 15 and how my other daughter is 17. There's a huge, huge difference. What, what is this person thinking? 22 years old. Unbelievable. So just when you thought you saw it all, you really haven't seen anything yet. Just absolutely crazy. Crazy. Um, LeBron James uh, coming to the Smoothie King Center this Saturday um, has had a little injury, right? But he's going to return to the lineup tonight against the New York Knicks, making his first appearance at Madison Square Garden in three years. James sat out their loss by 17 to the Brooklyn Nets on Monday because of, quote, significant soreness in his left foot, according to Laker coach Darvin Ham. The 20-year vet needs 117 points to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for number one on the NBA's career scoring list, 117. So... The Lakers schedule, they've got the Knicks tonight. They've got the Pacers on Thursday and then the Pels on Saturday. So remember, he needs 117. So 117. Let's see. Let's see. Let me let me figure this out. 117. Divided by three, iPhones are great. 39 points a game. If he gets that, he could break the record inside the Smoothie King Center on Saturday night. Mm, not going to go that far, guys. I'm just not going to do it. Um, after they play the Pels, they go back to L.A. against the Thunder on Tuesday and the late, and the Bucks on Thursday. So in all likelihood... LeBron will break that record on his home court um, where Kareem did a lot of his damage as well. So so stay tuned for that. But quite quite the record regardless. It just shows the longevity of of this. It and it's it's kind of amazing to be quite quite honest with you. Um, very amazing. So um Big 12 has come out with their schedule for football next season, and it includes 
the likes of Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU, who will make their debuts in the 2023 college football season. So every existing member of the Big 12 will play two of the four new additions. Um, and there you go. So TCU starts off with a bang. The Horn Frogs will host Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes to open the season. Texas travels to Alabama in week two, while West Virginia hosts rival Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah. And the final Bedlam matchup will be in Stillwater between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State on November 4th because Oklahoma is going to fly the coop after that and come into the SEC. So um, the Big 12, finally, the Big 12. Finally. So uh, there you go with that. Um, Again, last night was quite a night for LSU women's basketball. Uh, Over 15,000 on hand. LSU took care of business against their their biggest uh, test to date. And they did it in fine fashion, not being outscored in any quarter. Um, And they rode the the wave of that crowd and gave the crowd something to, to roar about with a 76-68 win over Tennessee. So it all sets up Georgia at home on Thursday. They go on the road to Texas A&M Sunday, and then they've got time to prepare uh, for the biggest regular season game of the year in women's college basketball, LSU, the collision in Columbia, as they take on the reigning national champs, the unbeaten South Carolina Gamecocks, and there's no love lost between the two head coaches. There is none. So this will be really, really interesting. Um, uh, women's basketball. Never thought I'd see it like this. And the meteoric rise of this program under Kim Mulkey is just, just amazing. Just amazing. Men's basketball struggling, obviously. No ifs, ands, buts about that. It's going to be a slow build. Um, But at least in basketball, you can recover quickly. And LSU's going to have to, And unlike years past, it's it's a different game now. Um, Players can leave whenever they want, do what they want. So you got to go hit that portal. You got to get the right guys. You got to get the right fit, the right chemistry. It's not easy. It is not easy at all. All those players that came back that played last year at LSU, they don't play at all. Either they're hurt or they're just not good enough. They just don't play at all. Everybody's the portal. Everybody. So we'll see how Matt McMahon can do. I I believe in the coach. I believe in his process. I believe in his thoughts. Again, he's got to go and recruit. He's got to go get players. And those assistant coaches have to do the legwork. They've got to, they've got to find those diamonds in the rough. uh, Those three stars that you develop and they, they become better as they get older. So we'll see now, of course, LSU baseball um, loaded for bear. They stay healthy. Woo, look out. Of course, the SEC's loaded. Um, 
by far the toughest conference in the world in college baseball. But LSU's got everything you need. If they stay healthy, uh, man, they're loaded. All right, Bob Rose, Saints News Network coming up. Uh, The latest on Sean Payton. It certainly appears that it's Denver or Fox. That's what it appears to be. Uh, We'll get the lowdown on that. We'll get the lowdown on the Senior Bowl. What are the Saints looking for in the draft? And uh, we'll preview the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles. It's all coming your way here in hour number two after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day? Well, the help you need can be found inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Bob Rose, timing, my friend, is everything. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I want your thoughts. This breaking news from Adam Schefter, quote, Saints and Broncos are finalizing compensation in return for Super Bowl winning head coach Sean Payton. This clears the way for Payton to sign with the Broncos to become Denver's next head coach. And so Payton is expected to head to Denver. Your thoughts? Uh, Very interesting development. But the Broncos, the Broncos have been the hottest pursuer after Coach Payton since the offseason began. So I can't say that I am completely surprised. Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what the compensation is, uh, mainly whether New Orleans gets Denver's first round pick this year, which is the 29th overall selection, or uh, whether New Orleans accepts a lower draft pick this year and maybe rolls the dice and wants Denver's first round pick in 2024. Uh, but I'll tell you, yeah, it, as you know, because you, you and I are pretty good friends, I grew up a Broncos fan and the, the John Elway, early John Elway years. So it, part of me really is really excited for the Denver Broncos franchise, uh, although selfishly, I still want to see Sean Payton on the New Orleans sidelines. But, you know, if indeed this comes to fruition, like I said, it it shouldn't come as any surprise. Uh, you you and I have both been cautioning people, uh, you know, telling them to cool, cool their jets, Broncos and these other teams. They're going to interview the coordinator candidates first because they already knew what they had in Sean Payton sitting in the wings. Uh, 
quite obviously Denver didn't feel like uh, feel as highly about any of their other interviews as they did coach Peyton. So, yeah, if indeed this story is true and Schefter is very rarely wrong, uh, yeah, I think it's a good move uh, longevity wise for the Denver Broncos. Uh, thanks to my producer, James Mesh. He sent me a text from Ian Rappaport who says the Broncos will send a first round pick in 2023 an early pick next year. So um, there you go. So if that all comes into fruition, the Saints would have the 29th pick of the draft um, from Miami via San Francisco. This stuff gets all complicated. <laughs> 29th pick in the draft ain't going to get me a quarterback, Bob Rose. So the Saints no. are going to have to put something together to move up in the draft. That means they're going to have to come up with some some draft picks themselves or some players themselves. Um, brainstorm with me and tell me what do you think they do and who do you think is a viable target to get high enough to be able to draft a quarterback that you can either develop or throw into the fire right away? Uh, you got to really look at a team like the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, who are sitting at number two and number 12 overall. Uh, some reports out of Houston has them really liking uh, you know, that, that quarterback, uh, and I apologize, his name escapes me off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, they draft Will best. Levis? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah the, the kid out of Kentucky, Kentucky Will Levis. Will Levis. Uh, but C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State and uh, Bryce Young out of Alabama. They're all three projected to go in the top five to six picks overall. Uh, you know, so like you said, you know, New Orleans is going to have to put one heck of a package together. Maybe a team like the Arizona Cardinals at number three overall. Uh, you know, they have their quarterback in Kyler Murray. Maybe Arizona is willing to stockpile some lower picks and allow the Saints to move up into quarterback range. Uh, you know, because it's you know, at third overall, you're going to get one of these top three guys, maybe a couple of them of your uh, of your choosing. Um, Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is sitting with Denver's uh, yeah. a, a original number six overall pick. If I if I'm not mistaken, five. 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 Okay, five. even better. Uh, Seattle has shown a tendency over the years to trade down and add more picks. And they already have a boatload of picks from that Russell Wilson trade to Denver last year. Tell you who's a possibility, Bob Detroit at number six, they got a yep. quarterback. They're an up and coming team. Maybe they want some, some draft picks or something. I think at number six, you might be able to get a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, Maybe. I think Detroit at number six is uh, is a pretty viable option as well. Uh, you know, Detroit showed a lot of movement in last year's draft. Head coach, uh, Lions head coach Dan Campbell obviously has a relationship with the Saints and Mickey Loomis. So, you know, yeah, just, just off the top of my head, I would say the Lions at six, Seahawks at five. They're probably the two most viable candidates to immediately start making phone calls to. Do you think this was a process of elimination? And Denver said, gee whiz, um, the defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, he's staying in Dallas, and this guy's staying here. And Jim Harbaugh said, I'm going back to Michigan. Who do we got? Um, D'Amico Ryans is probably going to Houston. So last man standing? What do you think happened here? Uh, I think it was in part last man standing. Uh, you know, and like we, we've said before uh, you know, on, on your show, not only the Broncos, but the other 
uh, you know, head coaches, coaching openings that did talk to Sean Payton. They were doing their due diligence and doing second interviews with other coordinators. So I understand that part. And you're looking from Denver's perspective. You do have Dan Quinn, who has been a successful head coach in this league, but he's a defensive guy. You have Jim Harbaugh, who has been a moderately successful coach in this league. But A, I don't think Harbaugh can be trusted to stay in one place any more than a few years. Uh, B, Harbaugh, although he played quarterback in the NFL, he has a tradition of a of very conservative offenses. Uh, yeah, and you look at the Bron- from the Broncos' perspective, you have Russell Wilson, you have Javante Williams, a dynamic running back, all-purpose running back, uh, and you have a pretty deep receiving core. If it's me, I am going after not only a name like a Sean Payton or a Jim Harbaugh, uh, because that Broncos fan base has soured just a little bit on that team in the last few years. Right. But I'm also going for an offensive guy, uh, you know, an innovative guy that's going to help Russell Wilson hopefully resurrect his career because the Broncos and Russell Wilson are tied together for the next handful of seasons because of that contract and because of that trade. So you have to do something to make Russell Wilson work in Denver. Latest uh Schefter says compensation Denver's 2023 first round pick and next year's second round pick for Sean Payton and the Saints 2024 third how would you weigh this how would you I mean who, who came out on top of this thing did the Saints come on top because they get a first and a and a and a third or or first and a second um what do you think um Obviously, it all depends on how how the Broncos do with Sean Payton. But the early returns have to favor the New Orleans Saints because Sean Payton was not going to come back and coach them next year. So that's a coach that they were paying to basically sit at home uh, and you got a first round pick out of it. So the early returns have to favor the New Orleans Saints. And if he didn't sign this year, then, then the compensation, if he waits another year, certainly goes down. Because then they can say, well, we just wait another. I mean, we're not going to give you anything for him. Yeah, you would have to believe so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit different than a player sitting out or you know, or holding out a year. Uh, you know, it's not like Sean Payton is going to you know, lose any coaching abilities. Uh, but, you know. One year from now, he's a lot less hot a name on yeah. the market. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I got I, I would have to believe that the compensation wouldn't be as heavy uh, one year from now than it is today. Now you have to sit back and wonder. Sean Payton has compiled this list of coaches that he wants on his staff. I'm curious to see if he poaches the Saints and goes along those lines. And how would Saints fans feel if Sean Payton said, hey, Pete Carmichael, uh, they don't like it. Come with me again and let's work together again. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. And wouldn't it all shock me? Uh, and as far as with the way most Saints fans feel about it, I believe that most of them would help coach Carmichael pack his bags and maybe drive him <laughs> to the airport. Uh, but not only Carmichael, I mean, you have you know, Joe Lombardi who was just fired by the chargers. Uh, Lombardi and Peyton have worked together for you know good many years. I do believe that Brady is still available uh, you know, after being fired by Carolina last year also has a working relationship with Peyton. Uh, I'm more interested to see what Sean does with the defensive staff. Uh, 
There were a lot of rumors going around that yeah, he was gunning for Vic Fangio to be his defensive coordinator. Well, that's, that's no it. longer possible. Uh, you know, Mike Zimmer, who he had a very has a very close relationship with. Uh, you know, Zim is in Colorado, uh, ironically, University of Colorado yeah. with Deion Sanders now. Uh, you know, so does Coach Payton come after maybe a Michael Hodges, linebackers coach for you know, for the Saints? Defensive coordinator in Denver will be a heck of a promotion. Uh, you know, how about Chris Richard? Uh, you know, Chris Richard is very familiar uh, you know, with Sean Payton as well. Uh, you know, as far as Payton's offensive staff, he'll he'll put together he'll put together minds probably that he's worked with a lot uh, because you know, Payton is the, will be the de facto offensive coordinator. We assume it's more or less what kind of defensive staff he's going to put together because that's going to have to have some experience on that side of the ball as far as coaches go. All right, Sean Payton heading to Denver to coach Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Ain't that something? When we return with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network, I said it a while back, Tom Brady to San Francisco just makes a lot of sense to me, but a lot of factors involved. Kids, um, proximity, all these things. We'll get uh, Bob's take on that and his early thoughts on the Super Bowl as the Chiefs will take on the Eagles after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, I'm just telling you, you can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. <laughs> by Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. By the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana. Get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy. And by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ah, back with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network, the Black and Gold Report Part 2. Bob, um, quarterback play is everything, and there's all kinds of speculation running rampant out there about, well, the Packers are, they've had their run with, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to try and trade him. And Tom Brady, well, he's he's going to try and take his talents somewhere else. Who knows what's going to happen? They may be both back where they came from. Who knows? But um, Aaron Rodgers, complicated, comes with a lot. Um, I can't imagine Green Bay trading him to an NFC team. 
So that kind of narrows the playing field. Uh, a lot of people talking about the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. What do you what do you take of that? On paper, uh, that kind of deal makes a lot of sense uh, for the for the Jets, Jordy. Uh, the Jets have a young roster uh, with some you know, interesting defensive talent uh, you know, and some offensive playmakers uh, and underrated offensive line, too. Um, Robert Sala, I thought, I think has done a heck of a job uh, as the Jets coach. But like you, uh, like you pointed out all year long, the one gaping hole on the New York Jets all year long had been quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, can Aaron Rodgers still do it? I don't know. Um, it didn't heck look of like a lot it. better than what they had. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I mean, at the very least the presence of Rodgers would earn the respect of NFL defenses and might loosen some things up for you. Uh, yeah, so the deal does make a lot of sense for the Jets, and it makes some sense for the Packers, too. The Packers have all but all but come out and said, we're not going to even consider dealing Aaron Rodgers to an NFC team. And if the man can still play, I don't blame them. Uh, yeah. I would personally love to see how – someone with the psyche of Aaron Rodgers handles the New York media if things go a little bit bad. So for sheer entertainment value, I'm rooting for a deal like that. Yeah, following in the footsteps of the guy that preceded him. Yeah, that's Favre. right. You know, just um, six degrees of separation. It's kind of interesting. But the, <laughs> the big talk is what does San Francisco do? Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, his time is – he's got to be moving on somewhere else. Yeah. They picked Trey Lance pretty high in the draft. Here comes Brock Purdy. Um, Purdy's going to have to miss about six months, whether he has surgery or not, for that uh, arm situation that he suffered against uh, the Eagles early on in that championship game. It just seems to me it makes a lot of sense for Tom Brady, who is not the same Tom Brady, doesn't want to get hit, doesn't want all that pressure on him. It just makes a lot of sense for him to make the move to San Francisco, but his kids are in South Florida. Right. Um, you know, does San Francisco want, want him? Uh, how do you think this all plays out? I honestly believe that Tom Brady, uh, you know, if he plays in 2023 and I, I think he will, I truthfully believe that Brady ends up reunited with Josh McDaniels in Las as a Las Vegas Raider. Uh, but as far as the San Francisco 49ers, it's well documented that Brady was a 49ers and Joe Montana fan growing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, that, that was his favorite team that he idolized Montana. Uh, you know, so it, it would be a media matchup made in heaven. Uh, you know, San Francisco has arguably a top three talented team, top two, top three in the league. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan's offense is very quarterback friendly. So I'm not sure that Brady would get hit a lot behind that offensive line and in that system. But like you said, uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen if San Francisco even wants to make a change like that. They've invested a whole lot in Trey Lance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just to get him on the roster. Brock Purdy uh, yeah, is a wonderful story and was playing terrific, uh, terrific football before his elbow injury. But you have major injury questions here, obviously with Purdy and that elbow. But Lance suffered a really gruesome ankle injury, and it's not 100% certain that he'll be ready for the start of the 2023 season. And if you have a chance to get a player such as Tom Brady onto your roster, 
if again, you know, the same question is with Rogers, if the man can still play, how are you going to say no? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, It's amazing. You know, when Kevin Durant made the switch over to join Golden State and join Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, he was persecuted. He was like, oh, you're just chasing the ring, the team that beat you. How would people view Tom Brady going to San Francisco with that stacked lineup? That's a good question. Uh, I Brady has never been persecuted like Brady should have been persecuted throughout his <laughs> career. And it, it, it's baffling to me. I mean, yeah, even New England fans, many of them did not turn on Brady when he walked away from their franchise. Uh, and if Tom goes to San Francisco, and yeah, this is one of the reasons why I do believe Tom, Tom Brady will play, his legacy is a very, very important to him. And he's already the only first quarterback, only quarterback to win Super Bowls with two different franchises. Now you have the possibility to be the the first quarterback to do so with three franchises. I don't think that that possibility escapes Tom Brady whatsoever. And you know, I, I truly think that that's what he's going for you know, at this stage of his career. Yeah, you know, that's why it, that's why a team like San Francisco, if they show interest, would have a vast advantage over a team like the Raiders uh, or Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel, another former Patriot uh, you know, teammate. Uh, you know, San Francisco would hold a significant advantage over either of those two franchises if Tom were to take his services elsewhere. All right, uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Now with the news of Sean Payton going to Denver, here's what the Saints have in the upcoming draft. Round one, pick number 29. Round two, pick number 40 overall. Um, After that, they go round three, number 71. Round four, number 112. Round five, number 143. Um, Also, number 163. And then they jump to round seven, 205. So that tells me one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks, um, three in the top 71. Can Saints improve themselves, or do they package some of those picks and try and move on up a little bit higher? You better believe that they can improve themselves with that. Uh, you know, this is almost shades of the 2017 draft. Uh, you know, yeah, everybody knows what success they've had with uh, they had with the two first round picks and Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchek. But the thing that was so amazing about that draft is the depth that the Saints, uh, the depth of the talent in that draft, and the fact that the Saints hit on three other major contributing players. So this is the you know if they choose to stay put and say they address the, the quarterback position free agency or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. uh three picks in the top one uh you have two four picks in the top 120 you can significantly improve your team uh yeah the, the onus is on jeff ireland and that college scouting department uh you know on the information that they give to these coaches uh and, and to mickey loomis who will be making the draft picks uh because there are still a whole lot of a whole lot of positions that need to be addressed this offseason. You know, running back, quarterback, obviously, running back, defensive tackle, safety, offensive line, receiver depth. Uh, there's still a lot of talent on this roster uh, because they're not going to purge the roster after a 7-10 and 10 season. They're just not, folks. Uh, but they, they need to hit on these draft picks because you're not going to see this team extremely active in free agency. 
four Saints assistants are working directly with players at the Senior Bowl, which is a mobile taking place as we speak. Um, I don't know. What, what do you do? Um, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, they could all be gone within the first 15 or 20 picks. So what do the Saints do with quarterback? Andy Dalton's a free agent. Jameis Winston has one year remaining on his deal. Do you see any way, shape, or form that the Saints honor that one-year deal with Jameis Winston? No, I can't see it. Uh, it, it mainly because Dennis Allen is back as the head coach. Yeah. And Dennis Allen made it abundantly clear by his actions that Jameis Winston has uh, Jameis Winston is not in his plans. Um yeah, so you know, since since Dennis Allen is back, and Jameis, for his to his credit, he played the good soldier all year long. Uh, you know, as far as a back, you know, being a backup, being a good teammate, being a good locker room presence. Uh, you know, didn't spout off to the media or anything like that. Uh, but you're asking for trouble. Uh, you know, if you make it clear to Jameis Winston that you're not our guy, but we want you on our roster. Well, yeah, that that serves no purpose, and you're yeah. you know, you're, you're playing with fire in that instance. Uh, you know, so I expect Jameis Winston to be released at the start of the new yeah. year, and it's really only I think a six or seven million dollar cap hit for New Orleans. Right. So, yeah, you know, it's it's not a major penalty by doing so. There's a name out there. He's been injured, but prior to getting injured, he was he's having a heck of a year. Tennessee's Hendon Hooker, depending upon how he's recovered. He says he's still the best player in the draft. That's a quarterback that might be available. Something to look at. TCU's Max Duggan took his team to the championship game. Eh, we'll see. So, that, like you said, uh, that's up to Jeff Ireland and that scouting mm -hmm. department to come up with that diamond in the rough that the Saints need. Again, yep. the big story of the day. Yep. I'll tell you, Jordy, I love Hendon Hooker. Uh, you know, and if the Saints made this move to get up to number 29 with the idea that Hooker is still going to be on that board, uh, he might not be ready for the start of the 2023 season, but that's okay because by making him a first-round you know, pick, it's a little bit of a reach, but you also get the added bonus of a fifth-year rookie option, uh, you know, which is key. And you know, I, I forget the fact that he'll be a 25-year-old rookie. If you get 15, you know, 12, 15 years out of this guy uh, – you know, and we see quarterbacks playing until their late 30s sure, and early sure, 40s now, then sure. you've hit a major bargain. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Chiefs, Eagles, early thoughts. Uh, early thoughts. I, the Eagles are just rolling, man. Uh, you know, they, they made quick work of San Francisco, but to be fair on the 49ers side, I mean, San Francisco didn't have a quarterback, uh, but the Eagles are just so impressive on both sides of the ball. Kansas City's going to have their hands full. Now, I know they toughed it out against, uh, you know, against Cincinnati, uh, you know, especially Patrick Mahomes. Um, but the, uh, the the Chiefs are going to have to find a way to contain that Philadelphia offense who could beat you in so many ways. Uh, yeah, and I just I don't see them having the capability to do it. Uh, yeah, and Patrick Mahomes thought he got hit, hurried, and rushed around by Cincinnati's pass rush. Well, yeah, uh, young Pat, uh, I got news for you. You have one of the best pass rushes in NFL history coming at you in the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, and a defense is going to force turnovers at the second level. Kansas City is not proven to be able to run the ball, which has been one of Philadelphia's few weaknesses, is defending the run. Uh, 
And I know we'll talk at this time next week for a better yep. Super Bowl preview. But right. My early gut feeling is that the Eagles could blow this one wide open. Did you think the uh, a lot of people still complaining about the officiating in the Bengals Chiefs games? You got any thoughts on that? Um, not PG related thoughts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, you know how I feel about the, the NFL officiating. Um, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon that's saying, you know, the, the games are rigged because you know, these, these are competitors that are on the field. So that's just it's not possible to do. Uh, games aren't scripted. However, in close ball games, whether you know, no matter no matter how big the situation is, the referees continue to make a difference in the out to be a major difference in the outcome. And it never fails that they will always and I mean always uh, benefit certain teams, certain players, certain markets. I'll let you guys fill in the blanks. Uh, and I, something needs to be done about it. And it, it's not the hiring of full-time officials. The problem starts at the top in the commissioner's office. And I, you know, I've said it before with you. I've said it on my show and I'll continue to say it until unless and until it happens. Um, the league office is responsible for the fiasco of the uh, of the officiating that we see on the field. And until changes are made at the very top, we're not going to see any changes in, uh, in the officiating fiasco. That's just fact. Yeah, I, I don't know if making them full-time employees is the answer. They're human beings. Football right. players are full-time employees, and they make bonehead mistakes right. all the time. So everybody keeps talking about make them full-time. I don't think that makes that big of a difference. No. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, players make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Officials make mistakes. How do you value one over the other? They're all equal. So they're all human. We all may, we got to live with it. That's just, that's just the way it is and always will be until yeah. they put robots out there. I mean, wh wh what do you do then? Well, yeah, which I'm not against unless you've watched any of the Terminator movies and I'd be afraid of artificial intelligence, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, human error is certainly a part of it and you know, you, you're going to continue to get that too. Uh, but it's the lack of accountability when such blatant mistakes are made over and over again. And the conspiracy theories rise when, uh, not when, but because, again, it benefits the same teams, the same players, the same markets over and over and over again. And these guys, whether it's an honest mistake or not, they have to be held accountable for those. If coaches make boneheaded mistakes over and over again, what happens? They get fired. Yeah. If players make mistakes over and over again, what happens? They get fired yet we see nothing yeah. like that with nfl officials if we keep complaining now i'm just telling you it's going to be less <laughs> and less people that are going to want to venture into that field of endeavor kind of like yep. politics to everybody's got skeletons in their closet who wants to run for i mean come on so we got to be careful yeah uh and i like the way that jacques vaughn of the brooklyn nets when asked about a, an official officiating and all he said i love the officials I just know we're going to get a fair, unbiased, great game from kill them with kindness, man. Kill them with kindness. 
that's actually not a bad idea. And you're right. You know, the worry is and you, you we already see it at the high school level. I've heard the situation down you know, in, in Louisiana high school sports. We're suffering the same thing up here in yeah. Pennsylvania high school sport. They're begging for officials all the time. Okay. And that affects youth sports. And that's an area that hits. You know, I know it hits you close to home. Definitely hits me close to home. It's a shame that we're starting to see it that way. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Thank you, my friend. Have a great week. Thank you, my friend. Great job on that breaking Sean, uh, Sean Payton story. All right. There you go. Um, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back. This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com this Friday morning. You can get a $50 voucher to Golf Connection for only 25 bucks. That's a $50 voucher, and you will get it for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com this Friday to get a $50 voucher to the Golf Connection for only $25. All right. Thank you uh, so much as we uh, wrap this up, the big story of the day, the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. Will um, will commiserate, and the Saints will get uh, the 29th overall pick in the first round of this year's draft from Denver. Next year's second round pick for Sean Payton and the Saints 2024 third. So that's the biggest story of the day. Um, James Mesh, thank you for keeping us up to speed on all of that. But that's what you do as a producer, and you're the best. So thank you very, very much. Thanks to Wilson Alexander of The Advocate for kind of sharing his thoughts on LSU's new uh, NIL deal uh, that makes you, the public, available with uh, Bayou Traditions. And, of course, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network with all things NFL. So more on Sean Payton to Denver tomorrow. Michael Huguenin will join us for Hump Day with Huguenin and much, much more coming your way. Good luck to the Pels tonight in Denver. They're going to need all the help they can get. If today, January 31st, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Doug Peterson, the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is 55. I thought he was older than that. Maybe it's the gray hair. I don't know. I thought he was older than that, but Doug is 55. From LSU basketball days, uh, from Owensboro, Kentucky, Kenny, the Dr. Higgs, is 68 years young today. Happy birthday, Kenny. Miss you, buddy. Miss you. And the Express, Nolan Ryan, is 76 years young today. James, again, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whatever form or fashion you do, radio, internet, television. However you do it, thank you. To our partners that make it possible each and every day. Well, you know how we value you. We couldn't and wouldn't do it without you. So come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. So long, everybody.